Well, it's a good day. Amen? And it's a good day to be alive and to be a part of the kingdom of God, I can tell you. I would not want to be a part of anything else in life if I wasn't a part of the kingdom. It really doesn't matter about anything else if you're not a part of the kingdom. Because the kingdom is what touches everything else and makes everything else you do effective. God's kingdom. We've talked about, and that's our series that we're on right now, as it was said, the kingdom of God, or just the kingdom. And um, there are a lot of kingdoms, a lot of governments, but there's only one kingdom of God. And a definition that I have given you the last few weeks, Fabian mentioned about God's way of doing, but the kingdom of God is the realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled. The kingdom of God. The Bible mentions the kingdom of heaven. It's God's government. It's His way of thinking and doing and operating. It's the way God thinks. We have to get a hold of that. We have to embrace it because when you understand the kingdom, then there are no limits to your life. Your life is unlimited to what you can do and accomplish in life because you're a part of His way of thinking and operating. You know, the, the, the Scripture that says that I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the all things are the things that He tells you you can do. I, I can tell you today, I love basketball. But if I decided on Monday that I'm going to try out for the San Antonio Spurs, I mean, if God told me to try out for the San Antonio Spurs, I'd make it. But it'd have to be supernatural. I mean, I, I, I like basketball. And I mean, there wasn't anybody that roughed it and toughed it under the basket like me. I loved it. I was a good rebounder hmm? and a good elbower. <clears throat> and then I'd get mad when they call foul on me. But he was hanging on me. He was this and he was that, always blaming everybody else. I love basketball. But I know I can't do that. I know today I can't make the San Antonio Spurs because God didn't tell me to do that. The kingdom of God is God's way of thinking and operating, and I need to tap into His way of thinking and operating where His kingdom is concerned, the part that I have to play in that so that I'll be effective with all the other parts because why would I, why would I want to spend time doing something God didn't want me to do and expecting God to bless it? It doesn't work that way. I'm just telling you today, it doesn't work that way. I don't care what you think. If God hasn't told you and spoken it to you, then you shouldn't be attempting to make something happen. That's why we need to know from Him first. We need to develop our relationship with Him, knowing how to hear first before we try all these, you know, over-the-top exploits. I mean, I promise you, when you do something by faith... It's over the top. 
Because not everybody lives by faith. And when you live by faith and trust in God, there's amazing things that transpire and happen and manifest in and through your life. But we're not looking for the spectacular to give God a boost. God doesn't need a boost. God can stand on His own. It's like a steakhouse out in New Mexico that's got a 26-ounce T-bone. It doesn't need any ketchup. It doesn't need any A1 sauce. It doesn't need nothing. It can stand on its own. It's a great steak. And it's a lot of meat. Today, I probably couldn't eat it. But there was a day when I did. But that steak stood on its own. Just like God, he doesn't need any of our help. What he needs out of us is obedience to do it his way. Save so much time, so much confusion, so much wasted time is spent trying to accomplish things without God. In the name of God. Everybody say, not me. I agree. Not you and I. So today, I want to... I'm going to read you, I'm going to give you our, our foundational scriptures that we've looked at, and then I'm going to read you two stories from the Bible about the kingdom of God. When Jesus came to the earth, there are a lot of things that people think he came to do, but what he came to preach and teach was the kingdom. He came to teach his disciples, the 12, and then there were 82, and then there were on and on and on added And now we're those disciples today. And he came to teach us how to do things his way. Amen? That's what he came to show us and reveal to us. So as I read these stories today, remember, we're talking about God's way of thinking and operating. Luke chapter 12 and verse 29, and we've read this each week. Jesus said, do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink. Nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. And I like, you know, I'm I'm just saying it like this. God knows what you need. And nothing that you face ever surprises God. He already knows what you need. I'm going to say it again, nothing ever surprises God. The mystery, the kingdom of God is a mystery. And the mystery of the kingdom is revealed through code. The mystery is revealed through code. You cannot understand the kingdom of God just by the naked eye. By looking, trying to understand it, just off the top of your head, you will not understand God's ways. It's revealed through code. Colossians 1, and I think it's 26 says... 
the mystery that has been hidden for the, from the ages, which is Christ revealed in you the key that unlocks the codes. Because when I get it, then other people can get it. Everything that you read in the Word, there is depth of revelation that you'll live your whole life and never tap into. You'll keep tapping into it in the next life. It never ends. But when I get revelation and understanding of His way of doing and operating, and, I, and, it, and it becomes a part of me, Things begin to change around me, but then I begin to see, as I prioritize what is really important in the kingdom, I begin to see what's most important. And the mystery that's hidden, have been hidden through the ages, which is God's kingdom revealed to His people, is how God thinks. When you read this passage in Luke, it says God knows what you and I have need of. So he said, don't seek after the things that you have need of. Don't try to get your needs met. It doesn't matter if it's financial, if it's social, if it's physical. I don't care what it is. Don't try to meet your own needs. He already knows what you have need of. And he said, he'll make sure you get it with no anxiety. Seeking after the other stuff is what produces the anxiety, the stress, the pressure to where we feel like at times we can't even move on. When you feel that way, it's because you're working it out. You didn't spend time with God and have the mystery of the kingdom revealed to you and you come out of that stressed out. We just have to be honest. I mean, anybody have a hard time being honest in here? Just be honest. You ain't doing it. So, do it. Make the changes. Quit trying to make it happen. Let His ways become, let your ways become His ways instead of you trying to make His ways come to pass in what you've dreamed of. Doesn't operate that way. The key to the kingdom of God, this is really deep. The key to the kingdom of God is faith. (laughs) Okay, ready to go home? There it is. The key to the kingdom is faith. 1 Corinthians 4.20 we've read, the kingdom is, of God is not in word but in power. And, and Romans 14.17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, it, in drinking but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
This is what the kingdom is. But everything that is revealed, every mystery, every code that unlocks the things hidden in our lives has to do with understanding how to live by faith. And today, just in the rest of this service, I'm going to read you two stories that are somewhat familiar, but that talk about the kingdom of God and the operation of the kingdom of God. And the first story is found in Mark chapter 10. And starting, I'm just going to jump ahead and start in verse 17. And this is the story of the rich young ruler. And I want you to just remember, I want you to be reminded that we're talking about the kingdom. We're talking about God's way of thinking and operating, okay? So what we need from this story, man, there's much confusion from this story through the years. Many things that have been said that maybe for a while I thought were so, then over time, you know, the codes were unlocked. I saw things that I hadn't seen. Today, what I'm sharing with you, I don't think I've ever shared before. It doesn't mean it hadn't been shared. I'm just saying, I don't know that I've ever shared this before, what I'm going to tell you, because it's, a, it's another piece of the code that's been unlocked. The mystery hidden from the ages is when Christ and His anointing becomes revealed on the inside of me, I really believe it, I put it to work, and then it works. Then the kingdom of God is operating in the earth. What I'm doing is just doing whatever He tells me to do, and if you do exactly what He says to do, it'll prosper. It'll advance. It'll overcome. Things will manifest. We have to admit we haven't done it His way instead of blaming everybody else and all the circumstances and everything around us for why we think things aren't working. We just have to admit haven't done it right, so let's do better at doing it right. I mean, you know, take all the load off. Nobody's talking about a guilt trip. Let's get free and let's see the manifestation of God in the earth because the earth is waiting. Don't be waiting on the government of the United States of America. The planet is waiting on the manifestation of the kingdom. And where is that? Christ revealed in me. All I can do is speak for myself. I, can't, I can tell you what I believe. I can say all this. But I can't speak for what's being revealed in you. I'm telling you today, Christ is being revealed inside of me. In all the different aspects, it's being revealed. I don't know it all. I mean, begin to understand it. In fact, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. You know why? Because for a while it was just, I thought the kingdom of God was right here. But then when I got that revelation, then I realized, oh, wait, wait, no, it's here. Yeah, but then I, I began to fill that up, and I realized, oh, wait a minute, it's all the way to the wall. It never stops. So the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. But I know what I know. Hmm? But I know that there's so much more to know, so it, man, I mean, it's a win-win. You stay connected to wanting to know the kingdom and everything about it. Mark chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 17. <clears throat> now, as he was going out on the road, 
one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What he was saying is, how can I inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother, and on and on. And he answered and he said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He didn't say, what a prideful little cuss, thinking you've done all this, and no, he loved him. You know why? Because he had a passion to do what was right, and God saw it, and he loved him. He loved him. He said, Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and he said, one thing, one thing you lack. This guy didn't say anything to Jesus about his money. He told him what he had done. Master, I've done these things. I'm keeping the commandments. This guy didn't say a thing to him about his money. And this young guy was loaded. And Jesus perceiving said, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. That's, that was his question. How can I inherit this? You're not going to get it the way you're doing it. This guy was wealthy, business guy, making tons of money, flourishing. Did Jesus say anything that there was anything wrong with flourishing? See, this is where people misunderstand this passage. Was Jesus saying, sell everything you have and live as a pauper? Absolutely not. What he was saying to this young guy was, you're not understanding my ways. And I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to head off the destruction in your life because you want to do it the kingdom way. If you keep doing it your way, you're going to self-destruct. And you're not going to be able to handle the wealth and everything that goes with the wealth and the promotion and the popularity and, and, and the exposure and everything else. You're not going to be able to handle it because you're not thinking like me. In essence, that's what he's saying to this guy. Go your way, sell it, whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And come and do what? <laughs> come and take up your cross and... Follow me and we'll eat locust and wild honey. He didn't say that. But that's what people think. He said, come, take up your cross, follow after, my, after me so you can learn how I operate so I can show you things. Listen, this guy was a business guy. He was wealthy. Is that good? Absolutely. But God wanted to show him ways and things about 
the economy of God and the, God, the economy of the kingdom so that he could, listen to me, God has wealth and blessing and prosperity. I don't care how far you can think, he thinks farther. And if you think as far as he can think to a certain level, he's already farther than that. Being blessed and prosperous is not a problem with God. But I'm telling you, he knows the ins and outs of everything involved and he's trying to keep you and I safe and being able to handle what comes down the road. This has nothing to do with how wealthy this guy was. God was trying to get him in a place because of his business mind and the things that he had acquired. He was trying to get him in a place above and beyond anything this guy could ask or think of. Some people don't believe that's true. Whatever. You can believe whatever you want. Based on the rest of what I'm going to read to you right here, I believe it backs it up. Now watch this. He was sorrowful. Who wouldn't be? You're telling me to get the kingdom. He's not understanding. He has no understanding. You're telling me, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm worth, you know, $6 billion, and you're telling me to give everything that I have away? No, he freaked. He wasn't just sorrowful, he freaked. And most people would. So don't look down on the guy like he's a bad guy. No, he's tied to his money. He's tied to his success and the things that he's accomplished. But I'm telling you, I don't care how much success you've ever acquired, I don't care how much failure you've ever operated in, God's got a greater plan than your mind has ever imagined. You don't have to throw away all the wisdom and understanding that you've had in the past. Don't do away with it. Let God's super get on your natural and make what you have supernatural. Huh? I mean, it's like, it's like in the kingdom and the years that I've been in the church for 44 years, it was like in the beginnings, it was like so much. It was like, you know, either, either you're in the world or you're in the kingdom. And either you're going to be preaching behind a pulpit or you're just going to be a business guy that really doesn't know any. No. No, we can be it all. Did you hear what I said? We can be all that. But whatever God's called you to do, stay in your lane and watch what God can do to what you set your hand to. So he was very rich and all that. <clears throat> the key to the kingdom is faith. You can't, what, 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 what has to be developed in all of our lives is a dependency on anything else other than faith in God. Here it was riches. Other people, their talents and abilities or whatever. We put our faith and our trust in that so that we don't do what we do by faith. What he's saying is, you're trusting in riches, I want you to trust in me, and, and to do that, I want you to, here's just one scenario, okay? What if the guy would have sold everything that he had and given it to the poor out of obedience to God? Based on what Fabian was talking about earlier, in Malachi 3, is that the nature of God 
to tell him to do something and then it not produce. Everything God tells you to do produces. And you're going to see in a minute what would have been produced in this guy's life. Hmm? If he was worth $6 billion and he gave it all to the poor, listen to me, he gave it all to the poor, you're going to see in a minute what that $6 billion would have turned into according to God. I mean, this is, I mean, this is plain and simple, the $6 billion. Get your calculator out. We're going to have to figure this out. <clears throat> the $6 billion would have turned into, the minimum it would have turned into is staggering. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. The disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and he said to them, children, how hard is it? He said it again. <clears throat> how hard? No, wait, wait. I, I, did, I, I missed the, the first one. Uh, then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. You see, I mean, wow, the deception that has flown through the church over this passage of Scripture right here. I'm telling you, massive deception. People saying things that Jesus did not say. What did he say? It is hard, it is very hard for a person who trusts in riches to do things God's way. You can't, tr the Bible says, you can't trust mammon, money, possessions, and God. You trust God, and then you're faithful. I mean, I, I could rattle off promise after promise after promise. He said, if you're faithful in little, I'll make you ruler over much. You're faithful in money, you, then you're, you're positioned for the anointing and my kingdom. I mean, on and on and on, he tells us these things. Everything is lined out in Scripture. And here he repeats himself. And the disciples were astonished at his word, but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, come here, boys. How hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? Why were they struggling? Most of them had some bucks. Most of them had some wealth. They were business people. What, what, what do you, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, he, he's throwing them curve after curve after curve as they're walking with him. Why? Because they don't understand his way of doing and operating. That's all that's lacking here. Has nothing to do with this guy's wealth per se. It has to do with his trust in his wealth. That has to be broken. Has to be cut off so that he can have wealth, be trusted with it to do what God wants done with it in his life. And, and people say, yeah, but you know, then God will make me give everything I have away constantly. Okay? But he also said he, would, he knows what you have need of and he knows and wants you. He has pleasure in making sure that you're enjoying life yourself. It goes with it. And most of the time, that's all people think about is what's going to be taken from me. God doesn't take a thing. You don't have to do it. That rich young ruler didn't have to do it. He didn't there anyway. I think church history shows that he finally made corrections and, and followed Jesus. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. But here, he didn't do what Jesus asked him. You don't have to do it. 
Nobody's going to hold a gun to your head to do anything. You don't have to do anything. What we have to do is come to a place where we have faith and trust in what God says and not in the things in our lives. And, and for most of us, that will take a lifetime to develop. So just keep developing. You're hearing me say some of the things I'm saying today, and you're going, eh, I don't know. Okay, so just stay with that, but just stay with it. And, well, just stay with it. Just, just let it develop. Hmm? Put it in your little spiritual pipe and puff on it for a while. <laughs> and he said, For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, and you know, that could be a bunch of other things, but I'm just going to talk about a sewing needle. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a sewing needle than for a rich man to enter in to God's way of thinking and operating until he changes what he trusts in. Did you hear what I said? And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it's impossible, but with God, for all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, see, but, but wait, we've left all and followed you. And here's, here, if you don't get anything else today, which you will, but I want you to get this. I want you to get this. So Peter's confused. He's upset. He's all this. Okay, but... Uh, Okay, but, but we left our houses and, and, and our sisters and our brothers and our mothers and, and, and our wives and our children and our lands and all, all these kind of things. We, we've left all of this. And Jesus, literally, I feel like in this passage, he interrupted him. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, Peter and the rest of you, there is no one who has left House, brother, sister, father, mother, wife, children, lands, I don't care what it is, for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time. A hundredfold in this time. A hundredfold in this time. So, what's six billion times a hundred? So he sowed six billion into the poor. Six billion times 100 is, I mean, it's a lot of numbers. It's into the quadrillions or whatever, right? Yeah, it's, it's into the quadrillions. Yeah, it, it, that, that calculator won't handle that. So it's into the quadrillions. Did you hear what I said? The rich young ruler was given the opportunity to sow his six bit, whatever it was, I'm just saying, his six billion to be on the receiving end of quadrillions and beyond. Anybody else got some investments that are producing those dividends? <laughs> Not a thing. Well, Pastor, so, so get rid of all my investments. Did I say that? Yeah, there we go. 600 quadrillion. <laughs> Did we say that? 
quit investing? Quit do- No, because all through the Scripture, he commended the people that were faithful in what they did in their investments and how they did those kind of things. He just didn't want people to trust in it. Because when you're faithful in those little things with money, he'll make you ruler over the quadrillions. You could be the first quadrillionaire. Because you gave everything you had to advance the kingdom. But there's two things with that. Number one, you have to do it by faith. Jesus, we gave all this up and we didn't. No, 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 no. There's pride in that. You don't get credit for what you do. You do it by faith in God. Did you hear what I said? And the second thing is, notice, thank God for the hundredfold in this time and in the Scripture. It didn't end. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. Eternal life is promised when you live this way. But also, persecutions in this life are promised. Why? The devil and people that live for him, they don't like quadrillionaires. They got to be quadrillionaires God's way. There's much persecution that goes with being faithful to do what God says and not being putting our faith and confidence in the ways of the world. And the second story I have that I'm not going to take a long time on, I'm just going to read it and make two points out of it, has to do with something that I believe is vital to you and I understanding about how to live by faith. This story is found in Matthew 20 and verse 1. I'd encourage you to go read these stories and meditate on. For the kingdom of God, Matthew 20 and verse 1, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarii a day, which is, you know, there's different translations that say different things. I'm just going to say a dollar a day. He sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. That was the, the, the first one was about nine o'clock. The next time he went out, uh, it was about noon. And, and he said, and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard. And notice the first guys, it says, now he had agreed with the laborers for a dollar a day. So they got a contract. So they're working for a company and they're expecting to receive. But the next group at the third hour, he went out and he said, whatever is right... I will give you. He did it again. He went out again, and he went out about the sixth hour and about the ninth hour. And he did likewise, said the same kind of things to them. Then he went out about the eleventh hour, which would be five o'clock, and he found others standing idle, and he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. No contract, and they're going to go work. How? By faith. Hmm? The first guys, it was a contract. The other groups, it was by faith. 
They're going to work, and I'm going to give you what is right and fair. Listen to me. The story in Mark 10, what was right and fair, if the rich young ruler had taken heed to that, in sowing that, what was right and fair was hundredfold. Now you realize, hundredfold is what it said. Hundredfold is not hundred times. Hundredfold is the optimum yield that it will produce. It could be 500 times. See, that's the economy that we're living in. What if it's a a million times? That's the quadrillions and beyond. That's what's fair because that's his kingdom. That's the way he thinks. But our natural minds go, that can't be fair. That can't happen. That's not going to happen. If I give $10, then I'm going to get 100 times plus if you give it in faith. We're talking about What's right and fair in the kingdom of God is if you sow a seed and you believe it, in this life, you have a right to a hundredfold, hundred times beyond. That's what's right and fair. Those people, those laborers that were in the marketplace and the landowner told them to go, I'm going to give you what is right and fair. Long story short, the people with contract that had no faith I mean, they were P.O.'d because the landowner told his servant, his steward, go and render the same amount to each of them, but start with the one that came at five. I mean, what time do they get off? At six? Hmm? Man, that was a long hour. So he goes to work at 5, gets off at 6, the one that went to work at 9 and got off at 6, got the same dollar. Why? Because they had contract. And the moral of this story that I think people miss a lot of times is this. There are a lot of contracts in our mind. There are a lot of things that we think are the way things are and the way things should be and the way things are going to be. But faith is always different. You know what? Those three groups of people, they didn't have to go. Well, where's my contract? They went and worked. And what they got was just and fair. What if God comes to you and says, I want you to give everything that you have like the rich young ruler. Now, hear me when I'm saying this during this time. I'm not afraid to say this, okay? I don't, I don't, at the end of the day, I care what people think, but I don't care what you think. If you're misunderstanding what I'm saying, come talk to me. Do not give something because I think, Pastor Men, I better give everything I have. I, I didn't even come close to saying that. I'm talking about the story that he's talking about. And I'm trying to give you understanding of what keeps people from receiving. The disciples' response, or it was Peter's response again, but, but, but Master, we gave everything away. No, no, you don't get credit for giving things away. You sow out of obedience to what he said. That's faith. See, the contract mind says, no, wait, I've done all this. I've done these things, and, and this, is, this is what's happened, and I, I, have a, I have a right. You know, I mean, the, the guy that had the contract, he was expecting that he should get more because of what he did. 
Your actions will not produce greater results when we're talking faith. All you can do is just obey what he says, and then you rest. You obey what he says, and you become calm. You obey what he says, and then you back off trying to make something else happen. Faith in this story with these people that were hired for, a, for number one, the first group for a wage, the second group for what was right and fair, I'm telling you, I'm living in right and fair. I'm not living in what I think God should do for me. I'm living in what God said he would do for me. What did he say? In this life, he would produce a hundredfold. The optimum yield of something may be 30 times. It may be 50 times. It may not even be 100 times. But I don't know about you, with the investments that I have, getting 30 times what I invested on something, nobody's given me that yet, you know. I mean, I've gotten up to (laughs) 7.25, but nobody's given me 30 times. Did you hear what I said? Everything in God is more, and it becomes more than we can even ask or think as we have faith in the process. The kingdom of God is full of all these different thoughts and ideas in life that make absolutely no natural sense. No natural sense. But it's exactly what God's called for out of His people. Can you say amen to that? I just want to say this as I end. And I think this is probably, this little story out of the Bible is probably a perfect example of what I'm saying. And and I believe this will help you to grasp what I was sharing with you today. Remember when Peter and Andrew and different ones had gone out fishing and they caught absolutely nothing? You remember? I mean, they labored all day long. And it was one of the first times that they had met Jesus. And they're in the boat and they're frustrated. And Jesus came to them and said, And this is in the evening. This wasn't even the best time for them to go throw a net out. He said, go cast your nets again. But Master, we fished all day. We did what we normally do. We caught absolutely nothing. Some minnows maybe. So go cast it again. What did Peter say? What Peter, we didn't hear Peter say in Scripture, but he was saying it. In his head. This ain't going to work. But I'm taking you at your word. You can have doubt in your head. And do what he says. And it'll work. And he said. According to your word I'm doing it. And he did it. Now listen to me. Let's just take it like this. He threw the nets in. And what they pulled in. Not into one boat, but in other boats, was more than they made in a month in about two and a half or three hours. The kingdom dividends, there are no limits 
if they were hauling it in and being fishermen and they were getting that kind of yield on what they're doing, they could have fished all night. But what if Jesus told them, we don't have record that he did, but what if he told them, no more fishing? Oh, no, we're going to go do it again. Then you go back out and you do it trying to get the same results, but you didn't do what he said. See, what Peter said was, according to your word, I'll do it. And he did it and it happened. But if Jesus told them to stop and what they got in three hours was more than they could catch in over a month, the yield there is a result of their obedience to do what God said. And like Fabian was saying earlier concerning the tithe and we mentioned about the offering and, and, and those kind of things, when you believe God's way of doing something and you do it that way, see people that have come to me through the years and told me they don't believe in tithing, I mean, so do you not believe in salvation? I mean, you know, I'm talking about, we're talking about what the Word says. And it's Old and New Testament alike. But God's not, God, I mean, the tithe is a very small thing. But when you're faithful with little, He'll make you ruler over much. That's why we're faithful with the tithe. And because the Bible says it's the Lord's. It belongs to Him. It's not mine to have. So I'm honoring him with what he said is his. That's his way of doing and thinking and operating. See, I mean, I'm telling you, for, for a number of years when I was a tither in the beginning, my wife was a faithful tither, and I went along because she did, because she's a good Baptist. Amen. <laughs> she knew how to tithe. Come on. And she, and she stayed, thank God for that. But, you know, I, I tithe in my head. I'm thinking, oh, man, you know. I mean, we could use that for this and this and because I wasn't thinking like God. So you keep doing it because the Word says so, and then one day you think like God. And then when you have faith to tithe, that's when it produces. See, that's when it produces for you, when you have faith to do it. Those workers had faith, and they went and worked, and they got paid really well for the amount of hours that they worked. And the others, instead of being grateful for what they had, all they did was complain. And that's what happens when you don't do things by faith and you don't develop faith in your life. You become a complainer and things don't work out for you and they don't happen when all along what God's trying to do is get all of heaven manifested in our lives and have all those codes unlocked so that people can see through your life that God is real and, and what God is doing in the earth, he's doing it through you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. I mean, we're not waiting for somebody else. God wants to do in, his, in the earth through you. But you can rejoice when God's doing great things through other people, right? I mean, you can rejoice when he's doing it, great things through other churches and congregations of people. You can rejoice. Why? Because we're all in the same boat, accomplishing the same results. We may do it a little bit different, but it doesn't matter. The difference is just because everybody's got different personalities. Let's stay with it. Let's stay connected to his kingdom, his way of thinking and doing. Can you say amen?